Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. UConn fans, as if they haven't already been excited with how this team has performed this year, has game day coming into town this weekend. So had to have Seth Greenberg on the podcast to talk about it. So Seth, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun day. Um Let's start high level, though, before we get into all the, the fun of game day here. This UConn team and what they've done this year, what's impressed you the most about this team? I call them whack-a-mole. Uh, one guy goes down, someone else steps up. I think the most impressive thing is think about the start of the season. Stefan Castle missing time, obviously. Donovan missing time in the middle of the season. Alex getting banged up a little bit, yet someone always steps up. The development of Stefan Castle has been really fun to watch. The development of Hassan Ariara has been really fun to watch. Uh, the development of the team in terms of their chemistry, their trust, their belief, uh, and embracing, you know, basically the standard that is Connecticut basketball probably has been the most fun for me to watch. I'm curious to dig just from a coaching perspective, from, from your experience, you mentioned Donovan Klingon there. You lose a guy like him in the middle of the season, a guy you run a lot through, kind of have to switch up the game plan there a bit. What What's something like that like? And how impressive is it that this team really didn't miss a beat with him out there? Well, I mean, first of all, Samson Johnson, to me, I have so much respect for him because you know he comes back, he, he had so much static around him, probably people trying to get him to leave, and yet he believed in Danny, he believed in the program, he believed in the process, uh, and he was ready to play. Now, he's different than Donovan, but he adds, you know, he's a great compliment. He's a little bit like what Donovan was to Donovan Sanova last year. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, to me, uh, you know, his ability to step in, contribute, impact winning, uh, embrace a role. Uh, but, you know, again, he's not going to handle the ball out there as, as much, but he's still a good ball screener. He's still a good rim runner. He can dribble handoff and get to the rim. You can protect the rim defensively. And, you know, then all of a sudden some other guys had to do a little bit more. Like, you know, when Donovan went out, maybe Alex had to do just a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. you know, Stefan was out, even though he came back, you know, maybe Solo had to come in and, and help a little bit. But someone's always stepped up, and that's the thing that surprises me. But it doesn't surprise me. You know, I've been to a ton of their practices, and the way they practice, the energy they practice with, uh, the accountability in their practice uh, is is rare in the in the world of college basketball today, where you know people are so concerned about guys transferring, guys are so concerned about you know uh, making sure the players are happy. But you know, players most times are happy when they're getting better, when they're coached when they're winning, when they're learning how to compete, when they're being held accountable. And that's kind of what, you know, Connecticut basketball is all about. It's a it's a good segue there because I, I know I, I've seen on social how you've been at a bunch of the practices. So I wanted to get some insight from you in, in what these practices are like, because we hear from reports that they're intense, but are they as intense as, as they're made out to be? The way, they're the way it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, they are intense. And uh, a head coach can never have a bad practice. Danny Hurley and his staff never have bad practice. They are ready to go from the very beginning. They're not afraid to coach their team. They hold them accountable. They work hard. There's an energy in the building. Uh, There's a pace to their practice. The teaching has a pace. In other words, it's not a long speech by coach or Kamani or or any anyone else on the staff. It's boom in and out. Let's get to the next thing. Let's be do it the right way. No, that's not the right way. All right, let's do it again. No, that's not the right way. Let's do it again. We're we're not going to do it just to do it. We're going to do it to make sure we do it the right way so that when light goes on, 
all right? Right? It's instinctive. And everything, the pace of their practice uh, is, is to me the thing that really makes it special. The teaching in their practice, the accountability in their practice, uh, the player development in their practice, uh, the details of their practice, to me, what makes them different. It's, a, it's an old school approach. And you know what? Sometimes what is old is, is, is new. And uh, these players embrace it. They love it. And they've seen the benefits of it. Uh, you know, when you see Boatwright and you see Hawk and you see Jackson and you see Adama and you see these guys that have bought in and the success they had, uh, it's easy to follow. Yeah. As you look through this roster, um, I mean, you've got guys averaging double figures across, you know, the five starters there. How impressive is it to see a roster like the one that, that Dan has built with this team, where it's a pretty selfless roster and anyone on any given night can go out and, and win that game for you? That's the great thing about the team. Uh, you know, I mean, like the development of Hassan Diara has been unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a risk and reward player. Now he comes in, he gives him really quality minutes. He really gives him great minutes. Uh, you see Stewie coming along. You see Samson coming along. You see players growing and developing. You see Castle getting more confident. Uh, but having five guys that can can put a number on you any given night is really big because, it, you know, as a coach, you decide what you're going to give, what you're going to take away. It's hard to take away all their actions uh, because they don't play like everyone else. It's ball and people movements. It's, you know, it's inverting their offense. It's it's the spacing. It's a, It's more, I always say, Offensively, they play like a European team, and defensively, they play like they're from Jersey City. I'm curious from a, a coaching perspective, if you're coaching against this team, the depth of this UConn team and what they can throw out there. You mentioned a guy like Hassan Diara. You're maybe being guarded by a guy like a Steph Castle or Tristan Newton, you know, a taller guard. Now you've got a smaller, pesky guy like a Hassan Diara thrown at you. How tough is that to game plan for when UConn's able to just cycle these guys in and out that are going to give you different looks depending on who's in at that time? Well, I think the biggest thing is how hard they play. You're going to the bench and it's not a drop-off in terms of the intensity. And it is a little bit different. You know, Hassan can get up underneath you. Obviously, Castle's got great length. I think Tristan can do both. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tristan is an instinctive defender. They get deflections on the perimeter. They don't overly extend, but they can take you out because they have that big guy behind that, like, even though he's not blocking as many shots as maybe people think he should be blocking, he's deterring a lot of shots. So like, I just literally this morning rewatched the the Marquette game and like he had one possession where he got switched off on Joplin and he blocked the shot and then he kept yeah. him in front. But he had four or five possessions where guys drove a baseline and then he's there. Or Cole looks ready to shoot that runner, and he he hesitates just for a second, and that's a runner that he usually makes. But now you don't have a seven-two guy with lip reach that you know is there as a deterrent. So now he has to give it up. Like I thought, their game plan on on Kolek was really really good. In fact, you know I don't think you can let Kolek score and drop dimes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that what they try to do is stay with him and take away the assist. And I thought they did a good job stopping from scoring and being a playmaker. I thought the, the defensive game plan was really good. Yeah, I think going into that Marquette game, I think everyone was expecting a, a close matchup between two really good teams. Uh, were you surprised with the way UConn was able to kind of handle Marquette with relative ease? Yeah, you're always surprised. I mean, Marquette's a top four team. Marquette could be a final four team. I, I was really interested to see the two-man game with Godaro and and Kolek. I think they're the best two-man game in college basketball. It reminds me a little bit of Stockton and Malone 100 years ago with Utah. Kolek's a really good screener, especially when they invert and they ball screen 
to Iguodaro. And, uh, you know, obviously Donovan playing a little bit more drop coverage, keeping in front. Iguodaro had those two little runners early yeah. in the game. But after that, I thought that they did a really good job taking that away. And uh, you're containing Iguodaro and and uh, Kolick is so, so important to play against Marquette. And then taking away their cutting. Because when you take away Iguodaro and Kolick, you take away their two guys who can score, but two terrific passers. Mm-hmm. So if you're not overhelping, now you can take away that cutting game because if you turn your head, like Jones is a good cutter, Joplin's a good cutter. Those guys are very good cutters off the ball. So I just thought their defensive discipline was really good. There's been so much talk in college basketball about the transfer portal and the impact on the game. You know, you kind of able to go out and get a guy like Cam Spencer, who's just fit perfectly into this roster. You've only got him for the year. How special and unique is that to have a guy like that that can come in from the portal and just perform at such a high level and fit in kind of so seamlessly to the roster as it's been built. Yeah. A little bit like Tristan did last year. It took him a little longer, you know, like I look at Cam and like, he's Danny jr. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, he's got that same fight, that same edge, that same competitive spirit, uh, that same brash confidence uh, that exudes. He, he, he's a tone setter. Uh, you know, uh, now, I'm not sure I would have done what he did, you know, knowing that you're going to have to go to Marquette, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He'll 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 fight you. Uh, he's as hard as on himself as he is on everyone else. Uh, he's got a toughness about him that is really uh, unique, a confidence about him. I mean, you know, every time he misses a shot, he's about ready to lose his mind. Uh, but, but he is a perfect reflection of what Danny wants. Uh, and he's per- it's a perfect fit for this team. The thing that surprised me, and I got a chance to watch them practice when he was at Rutgers, is you know he can be a secondary ball handler. Yeah, you know he's not going to like he's not he doesn't have great wiggle to his game, but he's going to advance the ball. He's a great coming off screens. He's great reading screens. He's a very good passer. He's a good in space defender off the ball, which uh, which helps. And he's got toughness, so he he's a perfect fit for what they needed. You know, you aren't going to get Jordan Hawkins, but you're going to get a guy that can do some of the things great without the ball, a tough winning player. And, you know, again, when you go to Portland, you can't build, I don't think you can build a championship team. You can build a winning team mm-hmm. through the portal, but but you can find fit guys. You still need culture creators. Alex Caraban, Tristan Newton, Donovan coming back, Samson, mm-hmm. Hassan, those are the culture creators. And then you bring in the right guy to fit. And that's what they were able to do. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meats. This fourth generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosol's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosalsinc.com and go support a UConn fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. From someone like you who's just watching college basketball all the time, you look at it across the country, which of the national contenders out there do you think can give this UConn team you know, the, the most trouble or best game out there? Well, Purdue would be a great game. I mean, Purdue, I know they lost yesterday. People losing their minds. You know, you're going to lose a game. I mean, you think about the Seton Hall game for you guys, yeah. which is going to be another tough game, by the way. Uh, Seton Hall with Kadari Richmond is a different team. Yeah. Um, you know, without him, they really struggled. With him, they're a difference. But, yeah, I, I think uh, 
I think Purdue, Arizona is a very good team. They can score. They've got size. They've got depth. Their athleticism, the speed they play with, not as consistent defensively as not as consistent across the board as UConn. Mm-hmm. But I think Arizona is a, is a really good team. Tennessee, uh, you know, Connect is a tough matchup, uh, and they can really guard. They're an older team. I think they'll be a, a factor. I mean, there are teams out there. You look. Here's the deal. UConn's playing better than anyone in the country by far. They're the most balanced offensive and defense team in the country right now by far. But you got to be, you know, you can't have a bad you can't have a bad day to have a bad day. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I mean, and you've got to deal with the pressure, you know, like right now these guys are walking around everyone's telling them how wonderful they are. You know, they keep on winning. They, you know, the good thing is Dan is not telling them how wonderful they are. Yeah, he's telling them we are special and we are good and I love how how he's coaching his team. But I guarantee you he found things in that Marquette game when you know when they got back and went and had film session where wait a second this is a clown show we got to get better at this we got to get better at this you know hey it's great we got away with this they missed that shot you know we should have made this extra pass so um, I think those are the things that you know keeping them grounded uh, and in the moment not in the past mm-hmm. uh, not in the future but right in the present. And I think that's something Dan is really good at. So you got to get to the fun of what will be coming to stores on, on Saturday. I know it's been a, a long time since game day has been back at UConn. So take us through what, what the experience is like now for those uh, coming out on Saturday. UConn. Here's my challenge for, for, for UConn. It's real simple. And I, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because you have to see this big game on Tuesday with Creighton. Yeah. Only one school has ever sold out their arena. It's not sold out because it's for free. Yeah. No, only one school has ever packed an arena for college game day, and that's Kentucky, and it was Rupp Arena. That's 21,000. What does Gamble see? Ten, 10 and change. Let's get 10 and change at game day. Yeah. Let's get 10 and change in there when that thing tips off, or get the show tips off at 10 o'clock. Let's get that thing fired up and ready to go at nine o'clock where it is rocking, where people. When people turn that thing on, if you talk about the basketball capital of the world, people turn that TV on, and those people are crazy. That's the challenge. Can you put 10 in there? Can you put 10,000 people in there for college game day at 9 o'clock for a 10 o'clock show? Because we have stuff before before the show. Mm-hmm. Can those students camp out, be ready to rock and roll, storm in there with an energy, with great signs and great energy and great and great voices and great enthusiasm? That's the challenge. You think about the State University of Connecticut, University of Connecticut. All right. You think about the ownership that, that they've had over the years. You think about the atmosphere they had at the XL this past weekend. Yeah. You think about how many students live on campus? 20? Yeah. Got a, got a lot. Yeah. About 20,000 people. Get out of bed early. Let's go. Bring the dogs. Let's go and let's have a party. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know everyone's excited for it. Um, Seth, I'll, I'll wrap with this one. And this one isn't UConn specific, but I, I know you're a Connecticut guy now. Connecticut college basketball, probably at its peak from what we've seen, whether you're looking, you got UConn top ranked team in the country, Central Connecticut towards the top of its conference, Sacred Heart right there, Fairfield, Quinnipiac, Yale, all fighting to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, just give us quick thoughts on, on the state of uh, college basketball here in the state. We got really good coaches. I'm really fortunate. I do a breakfast every year uh, for the foundation, the yeah. Connecticut coaches basketball breakfast. And uh, all those guys come and well, first of all, they're great, 
great dudes. I mean, absolutely incredible, incredible people. And we put on a, a fun show and raised a ton of money, but did about 50 grand in about an hour and a half this past, this past, uh, September, but, uh, Terrific coaches doing great jobs. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to, whether it's Coach Sellers, whether it's Coach Cora, whether it's Coach Jones. I mean, across the board, Latina, I mean, all of them have just done an amazing, amazing job. Uh, they're basketball lifers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, that's what it comes down to. There are a lot of basketball lifers. And it's a great great tradition of basketball in the state, whether it's the you know, job that Gino's done or the job that Coach Calhoun has been able to do. You know, Kevin winning the national championship and now what Danny's doing. Uh, I think it's 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 really just something special, and uh, you know, John Tom Carr is doing. He just got a new four year contract. Yeah. I'm really excited and happy for him. And uh, you know, but the centerpiece of it all, you know, that gets it started is is UConn, and uh, you know, it is an amazing, amazing story, uh, UConn basketball, and uh, you've got exactly the right coach because he is a coach. He's a coach's coach. He's a guy that is lost in the game. He's lost in his players. He's lost in winning. He's lost in you know teaching lessons through basketball to hold dudes accountable. So, uh, you know, I'm so impressed with what what's going on throughout the state, and uh, it's going to be exciting next you know five weeks for not just UConn, but it's for all the coaches in the, in the state because they all have a opportunity to earn an NCAA tournament bid. Absolutely. Well, well. Uh, Seth, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to come on. Uh, I know everyone's going to be fired up to head out to uh, Gamble on Saturday for game day. We'll we'll get you that ten thousand and change. So uh, yeah, let's pack that place. Let's go. Come on now. Let's not live on memories. I know we've been hanging banners, but let's not live on. Me- if the first game day ever was in Gamble, let's kick it up a notch. Yeah, let's kick it up now. Let's get that thing rocking and rolling. We'll be ready. Awesome. Well, we well, really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you out there on Saturday. You got it, man. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.